stuff. It's a lot of food, but it's stuff. Uh, so if you need three lampshades, or just one lampshade, you've got three downstairs, please take it, okay? Um, you know, another thing, did someone walk by, and Joyce and I both saw this individual, and I kind of said our, our, our hellos, and then all of a sudden he comes back. And he said, you remind me just of my grandmother, and how comforting that was. And that's not right. And I just said, well, she'd be a great grandmother to have. You know, and, uh, you know, Joyce tried to play it off as if it was no big deal. You know, but, you know, sometimes what we, especially on days like today, sometimes what we need to remember to do is to speak encouragement not only to our own mothers, but to those who have been motherly to us. There are many people in my own uh, history that uh, were not my mother, but uh, I know Ronnie Massey understands sometimes it takes more than one mother to raise a child. You know, I had more than just my own mother who had to kind of raise me. And in the church, I had many. I had many that, and some of them weren't biological mothers, but man, were they my mother. You know, somewhere. I think fondly of uh, a lady I call Mama Ellie. You know, Eliana's first part of her name comes from her. You know, where she mothered me and, and, at pivotal times. And uh, people at, at other churches that just remember that. I, I, I think of my, my Aunt Renee, who's not really my aunt, but she's Aunt Renee. You guys have family members like that? You know, they're family, but they're not family, or they're not family, but they are family. And how my Aunt Renee has mothered not just myself, but many, many others. And so maybe just an encouragement. For some, this day is a little tough. You know, they may not hear the words from others, but we must cling to the good and share that good with one another. It's not natural. It's hard work. But if we will do that, we then have the opportunity to continue to breathe the grace of God, of the gospel, into one another. And when we do that, we get the opportunity to bring peace into our world. There's lots of not peace in our world. I, I try not to keep track because I'll just get discouraged. But, you know, it seems like we, we see time and time again violence over violence over violence. And, and, and that's a reminder that there isn't peace in this world. But we are to be reminded, not just at Christmas, that, that Jesus ourself is the Prince of Peace. One of the prayers that Paul prays many of times within the New Testament, and, and if you have your Bibles, you can open it up to 1 Thessalonians, but if not, grab, grab your phone and bring up your Bible app, bring up our church app. Those of you watching online, just uh, open a new browser or what have you, and, and go to 1 Thessalonians 5, where we See this about our, our, our God. It says in verse 23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Peace. Peace that is needed to remind ourselves and others in our world who Jesus is. And we as God's people can be about bringing peace into our world. We can remind our world that peace isn't just the absence of conflict. It's a state of being. It's a state of confidence. 
And this is where forgiveness plays in. Because at its heart, sin removes peace. There is such thing as sin. We see that. But we have a role to play in removing of sin. In our own lives, first and foremost. I'm reminded just now of the words of Jesus where he says, Why do you look at the speck in someone else's eye? And not remove, and not see the log in your own. First, remove the log in your own eyes so you can see clearly. My role is first to realize that but by the grace of God, that would be me. And to look at my own life, where I uh, have sins, and where I am removing peace from those around. Maybe it's a careless word. I know I say those. Maybe you don't. I do. Maybe it's how I talk about somebody else when they're not around. Maybe it's how I treat my wife and my kids when no one is around. Am I treated just fine when everybody's watching? You know, that's one of the beauties of being a pastor. And we have some. We have. There's more pastors out there than. Maybe we should switch roles. I should have all our pastors and retired pastors. Ron's already going, don't you dare. You know, uh, you know, come up here and I can sit. You know, but we won't. One of the beauties, though, of being a pastor is uh, the mentality of a fishbowl mentality. I know everybody is watching at all times. You know, even in the side of my house, I really believe sometimes somebody's watching. You know, or because of Eliana, I should tell you exactly how it is. Kind of like a Lilo. You know, I don't get the beauty sometimes, of, especially in our community, being mean to somebody at the post office, at the bank when I walk through, at the grocery store, because somebody will know. By the time I get back home, it's already around the block three times with things. But you know, that helps me be on guard. To, to be controlled, to be reminded that I can't remove the peace from around. But because there is sin, you're going to be hurt and I'm going to be hurt. Not always intentional, but something's going to happen where peace is removed from your life. It could be something you do to yourself or to others and you have this, oh no moment. Why did I say what I said? You know, the proverbial, you take the shoe off and you start the it. Open mouth and soot the throat. Or where someone's going to say something to you. Where you allow the God of peace, the Prince of Peace that Philippians, as Paul would write, says that will surpass all understanding, guard your heart and your mind. Are you going to let the sin remove that peace that's available to any and all who call on the name of the Lord? And I will tell you, as we continue in this journey, that forgiveness will help to restore that peace. It's not, although, an easy process. It, it's easy to preach, even though it's not easy to preach. It is much harder to live. As each week I have to forgive myself and I have to ask for forgiveness and I have to forgive others even if they don't even know what they have done. 
And sometimes forgiveness is I'm not going to go to that person who said something and say, hey, you, you hurt me by what you said. Sometimes I just need to let the Lord and I deal with it. Forgiveness can help restore that peace. As we get into our text this morning, we read uh, these words. I'm just going to read uh, verse, uh, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, verses 14, 15, and then skip down uh, a little bit. Paul says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, but be patient with everyone. It's almost like he knew there would be issues in the church, right? Be patient. Well, you know, if you want to translate a little bit, suffer long with one another. All right? Hopefully you don't have to suffer long this morning for the rest of this message. I'll try to keep my stuff, my remarks brief. You know, but, you know, it's a practice each week. You know, and as I joke, I, I, honestly, I say it every week. Because the Lord and I, I pray that he comes back, you know, before 10 o'clock, or at least by 10.30 every Sunday morning. I say, Lord, they've suffered much. Uh, and he says, just a little while longer, I'm sorry. You know, I said, no, 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 today would be a good day. Uh, but suffer, long suffer with one another. Be in there one to another. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on or cling to what is good. <clears throat> Reject every kind of evil. Revenge and retaliation are a whole lot easier than forgiveness. Revenge and, and retaliation are much easier because that's the natural state of things. With things. Daniel, can you control my slides this morning? Mm -hmm. Please, thank you. Revenge and retaliation. Vengeance is, is uh, the, the words of Scripture said, Vengeance is mine. We like to add to it, and I am his agent, says the Lord. You know? We want people to get what we think they deserve. And Paul is reminding as he wraps up this letter, this letter of encouragement, of hope, of comfort, as Ron spoke from just a couple weeks ago, that we are reminded not to pay back wrong for wrong, but instead to seek what is good. For each other. And, but he goes on to say, and everyone else. See, a lot of times what we would do is we'll say, I will give forgiveness. I will extend the good to my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, to the other Christians, to those who are like me. And Paul kind of realized that's the temptation of one another. But he says, no, 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 not just for them. It's not an either or. It's a both in. And everyone Jesus would say these words, what good is it if you just 
love those like you. Don't even the pagans do these things. We are called to be different. We are called to extend forgiveness when we want to lash out. To extend forgiveness when all we want to do is give them exactly back what they have done to us. We want what we want. We're not very patient. And forgiveness is a process that requires patience. But we can't do this on our own. We need the Spirit. Paul says, do not quench the Spirit, verse 19. Stay with the Spirit. Submit to the Spirit. Now, does this mean that people outside the church can't forgive? No, they can. But for us as believers, it might be a little bit easier, go a little deeper, or be more readily available. Because we have the Holy Spirit himself. Memorial Day this, this year is also Pentecost Sunday. So I'm already planning a, a message on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just something for our charismatic churches or our holiness movement churches. It is for those like us, Baptist churches, and Lutheran and Catholic, and all alike. And sometimes we forget the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we block the movement of God. <clears throat> we block what God wants to do because we're, we're not willing to let the Holy Spirit control us. And so, when we submit to the Spirit, we will submit to this idea of forgiveness. And before I move on, I just want to make, a, I think, an important uh, statement. Forgiveness is not always a one-time act or decision. We, this is where I got the message title. We must cling to the good. We know forgiveness is good. It is at the heart of Jesus. But we can't just pronounce forgiveness to somebody and think we're just going to be a-okay. Because we have an enemy, and we have others, and we have life that will try to rob us of our peace. We, we will have fear that will come in. Did you really forget? Because you're still hurting a little bit. Well, the pain doesn't always go away. As we talked a little bit last week of forgiving differently. You know, as I'm reminded, right here on my hand, you can't see it, but I have a scar there. I can tell you every time I touch it, what, what happened that I got this scar? Coffee. Uh, French press coffee does that to you, you know? You, you do things you ought not to, or I didn't know my own strength. I'll say the former, not the latter. I don't forget this scar, but I cling to the good that comes out as it were. I'm healed. I'm, it's no longer an open wound. I, I don't even need to have six stitches here. You know? And I can remember differently that it was a time when Daniel was getting ready to be born. It was like the week of. Go figure, right? You know, I needed more coffee that week anyways. All right? And we were waiting the arrival of, of our wonderful son, Daniel. But we have to be reminded of this. And so we must cling to forgiveness. The words here in verse uh, 15, strive to do what is good. In verse uh, 21, hold on to what is good. 
They convey a similar theme, though they are two separate words. We are to pursue at all costs. We are to hunt down. We are to keep and persevere in the good that is around us. That is hard work. I have to be reminded of that when something brings to mind a past pain or a present pain. And I can, I, can get, I can beat myself down. I thought I forgave them. I thought, thought I forgave them. You did. Now let's cling to it. Let's hold on to it. Let's continue to hunt down the ways we can forgive one another. May we pursue at all costs this idea of forgiveness. It'll happen over time. See, our brains and our bodies and our natural states don't cling to this. As one writer has said, our brains are Teflon for the good and Velcro for the bad. We easily remember what didn't go well, even at this morning. Instead of what went well, even yet this morning. Cling to the good that is around. Cling to the good of forgiveness, the forgiveness that has been offered to you first and foremost for our Lord, but the forgiveness that has been offered to you by one another. For forgiveness is good. Forgiveness is always good. And it's always good to forgive. Yet, in this world, that is not natural. In our churches, in this church, it's not natural. Some of you remember what has been said to you years and years ago by someone here. Some of you watching online, you, you, you're not in a physical church right now because of something someone did or said in a church. It doesn't, forgiveness doesn't mean that it's okay what they said or did. Sin is always sin. But you, your peace has been robbed, and I'm here to say, going on this path of forgiveness, the result very well may be peace. And it will also be joy. And it will also be prayers. And it will also be gratitude. For those are states of being, not just things we do. Yeah, we pray, as we have done this morning, as I do at times. But Paul says here in those middle verses that I skipped over, rejoice always. Pray continually, or pray always depending things. Give thanks in all circumstances. He's saying a state of being that, that encompasses what the Old Testament called the shalom of God. The peace of God. And so I ask you to quickly maybe reflect this morning. How much do you see these four traits in your life? I have to ask that question. How joyful am I? How well do I pray and have a state of praying? Realizing that, that, as we'll learn next week, as we finish up our forgiveness series, that I am not God. And forgiveness reminds me I'm not God. How much gratitude can I have even when things don't go my way? 
You know, I've been trying to get our mow, backyard mowed for three days now. It's yet to get there. Hopefully today. You know, not because I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit on the, hopefully the porch, the patio back there and watch it done. You know? How can I be grateful when, when I ask for something to be done and it hasn't been done? I can still choose right. I can still choose peace. If I will let that go, how grateful can I be? These aren't just emotions, friends. These are intentional attitudes to have. Intentional things and thoughts to have. And it comes as a result of forgiveness. It comes as I'm willing to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit through forgiveness for others. So I encourage you in those ways. This morning I'm reminded of these words from the prophet Jeremiah. Seek the, the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I know many of you remember a nation much different than what is out there. Much, much I believe we as the church this day are in a state of what we could call exile, where our culture doesn't fit the life we have been called to live as people of God. That we are to live differently. And one of the ways we live differently when we are in exile than when we are not in exile is we seek the peace and prosperity of the place the Lord has placed us. Friends, one of the main ways we can do that is by extending, to for, extending forgiveness to ourselves and to those around us. This world isn't going to always like us or treat us well, but we have a choice to make on how we respond. And I hope it will be a place of grace, of forgiveness, and I hope Above all, you will let the Spirit control you. And I hope I will let the Spirit control me. And that's the only way our world will come to see the God of peace, verse 23, who will sanctify you through and through. Because the one who calls us, verse 24, is faithful. And he will do it. What will he do? He will do everything he says he will do. And that includes forgiveness. I don't know where you are this morning. You may, you may have done awful, awful things. You may have not done as awful things, but you realize you've, been messed, you've messed up. Awful things may have been done to you. Things that are unspeakable. Jesus says, I can forgive you for your sins. I can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I give you peace. But you have to be willing, as the song we sang earlier said, lay aside our own garments and pick up this. It's a switch. Now, it's not a bait switch. It's not, it's not uh, a trickery here. Well, you've got to be willing to give it 
up in order to gain who Christ is. And then you will know he who is life and that he gives you life abundant today, tomorrow, and every day until he comes again because he will do it. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this free time. Lord, I ask that you would help our words match our hearts as the early church father Augustine had said something similar. That, that we would allow your spirit to control our hearts and that we would allow our speech to be controlled by you. And so Lord, help us to only trust you to be on this path of forgiveness, this hard path, this ongoing, lifelong process of forgiveness. And so Lord, I hope that you will do the work that only you can do even today. Lord, if someone hasn't uh, been willing to submit to you for the first time to take that exchange of, of what you have to offer, life and life to the fullest, eternal life, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that they would do so. Doesn't mean they're going to get it all right. But Lord, they would come to see your grace as sufficient for them. That they will relax in your grace. Lord, that we would be people of peace in this world, knowing that our peace comes from you. And above all, Lord, may we always submit to you day by day by day, so that we can show a world what it means to live differently and live a life of joy, of gratitude, of prayer, and of peace in all days, in all ways. Lord, we thank you for this reminder this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me as we sing this?